Three, two, one. I'm vengeance. That was a quote from the SpongeBob movie. Uh, I'm Adam from <laughs> Your Movie Sex. Uh, this is Sardonicast. I'm Ralph Seppi, the Batman. Oh. And I'm uh, Alexamayachi, a.k.a. the uh, the Riddler. We're doing that now? Oh, We're Batman shit. characters now. Uh, We're excited because Batman's you, back. Beat you up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> throw you in prison. <laughs> Don't spoil it. The villains get beat up. I didn't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> You want to get right into it? There's no news, right? Da Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, I think. Yeah. Um, what'd you think? I like it, man. I'm, I'm okay with yeah, this. Yeah. I'm okay with this Batman. Um, <laughs> obviously, the I'm last okay kind of ten years. Yeah, the last mm-hmm. ten years of this character have been kind of <laughs> up and down, um, all over the place with your Ben Afflecks and stuff. It's nice to just have a a Batman movie where he's a detective again, and it's like. Very clear influences, and I think the right influences. I think it gets the tone right for the most part. I think visually it it stands out compared to you know the, some of the previous Batman movies. It's it's just fairly consistent all the way through. I've got my issues with it. It's not it's not personally my favorite mm-hmm. movie with these characters or anything, but I think as far as a Batman movie in twenty twenty two, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. I have my criticisms with it too, but I thought it was great. I really did. I thought it was great. Probably thought it was about as good as the Spider-Man movie. Which one? Like I really enjoyed it. The, the newest one. <laughs> okay. No way home. The Spider-Man. Yeah, movie. there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I find it even hard to compare them. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. Like Batman has a history. Mm-hmm. Um, the recent the Batman versus Superman. You know, the issue wasn't the dark tone. It oh, was the fuck, writing. I completely forgot about those. I was like, what history yeah. with Batman? I forgot that there were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just a few years ago. I was like, yeah. what, The Dark Knight Rises? I forgot that there was something yeah, in between. Yeah, Dark Knight that. Rises, so funny. too. Maybe we had two Batman movies previous That was to even this better movie. than Batman versus Superman, though, and like all that Justice League. Oh, yeah, so and um, this is like a bit better than that. And what I like about it is that it's a very entertaining film, but it still has that tone. Like, it's not Marvel fun. It's more subtle and it's darker yeah that tone and it, and it's still an entertaining film regardless like you don't need to crack jokes every five seconds to be considered like an entertaining movie like the pacing is really good and um it batman's just like a fun character that like i think a lot of people just want to see and yeah i really like rob pants in this movie i think the movie just delivered on like everything you kind of want to see in this kind of movie like uh, batman was great like all the villains you want to see they're great um, really good action, really good cinematography, really good music for the most part. Um, yeah, it's just like a really good film, I thought. It's basically everything you're looking for in a superhero action like film like this. It's super entertaining, even though I have my issues with it. Definitely entertaining. I definitely wanted to say that. What are your issues? Um, I don't know. It's it's a... I've got a few. Yeah, but yeah, maybe I, you guys I, start with that. And <laughs> yeah, um, are we talking spoilers yet? Let's do spoilers. Yeah, sure. Okay, I spoilers from I haven't this said point. much at this point, yeah. Yeah, so for me it was... I wanted to separate this movie from the get-go from the Nolan trilogy, but it's it's difficult to with how much <laughs> kind of imagery and similar plot beats almost um, yeah. 
that that it returns to. Yeah, just the the Riddler. I I like what they do with him in terms of it's it's not really a a villain movie the same way like The Dark Knight is almost more about the Joker than like Batman himself. The Riddler is more of like a vehicle in the background just to get things moving so you can have a really interesting uh, Bruce Wayne story more so and explore like the corruption of the whole city as opposed to just this one character. But when you do have these interrogation scenes, which you like, you can't not contrast it with <laughs> the one from the Dark Knight. You can't not draw the comparisons with some of those those links. And it, it, this Riddler almost seems like something like a Nolan decision. Like so you could imagine this Riddler there are weird existing. In his, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could like the whole like Zodiac Riddler inspiration. And are very in similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was one thing. I was just like kind of getting held up on in terms of I just want it to find its own footing and yeah it is leaning into this isn't really a supernatural leaning Batman with the killer crocs and the kind of goofier stuff and you know the fancy yeah it's it's kind of David Finchery or Or like a noir yeah 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 much more David Finchery or almost Chinatown-y I I was seeing a lot of which makes sense I think like the the Zodiac Seven Chinatown kind of using that to as like a foundation for the story is a really good idea because you know Chinatown with a detective character and it just makes sense and it fleshes out the world pretty good. What do yeah. you think about the length? Yeah, that was one thing I wasn't fully sold on because this is a long movie. It's just about three hours long. Um, it, I'm more interested how it holds up on a second viewing because the very nature of it being kind of a mystery the whole time. I'm intrigued just by the the beats of the story and how it's being unveiled. I don't know how it would mm-hmm. flow when already knowing all the answers to everything. So I'm not gonna watch it a second time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was yeah, fine. It's quite long, but in terms yeah. of, the, I think my biggest issues with the film are brought out of just it being so long because so so there Hmm. if this film had a bit more variety in terms of like what experiences it it was offering then i would love a three-hour movie out of it but unfortunately it's very one note it's offering the same experience over and over again and if you're just like if you love that experience like there's certain albums that i love certain artists that i love where it's like they're playing the same song over and over again but i love that song you know I can I can understand mm. why someone would like the Batman if they're just coming over what this the experience is offering. But for me, there, even though there's a lot about it that I really loved, it wasn't strong enough to like stretch out over three hours. I loved the score at the beginning of the movie. I loved the score. Hour through the movie, I was like, "This is a pretty good score." End of the movie, I fucking hated the score. I it's just two <laughs> notes. You can't do that the entire movie. I don't care if you change the instruments. I don't care if you slow it down a little. You're just doing different rend- renditions of the same two notes, and it gets irritating by the end of the film for me. Yeah, yeah. They, they it, use the theme over and over. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like fuck. I wish you did yeah, a I couple can agree different. With that. It is tiring after the three hours. Yeah, fuck. I kept thinking about um, Sun Tango. What that was the name of the movie? Sun Tango. You were like, how oh, they yeah. spam the theme in that? I'm yeah. like, oh, Adam's gonna love this with the fucking fuck. constant. It's <laughs> the same two notes over and over. Yeah, and over it, they again. play it a lot. Yeah, but yeah, I was with you. Like at first, I'm like, yeah, the score is like really good. Like there's some good tracks in here. I love yeah, it. It's just play and that then... theme. <laughs> that main theme is like t- it's too much. Way too and, much. Uh, yeah, like. Compared to like Danny Elfman, Hans Zimmer's scores, I don't know if it's as good as those scores. Well, you know, I mean, those other so scores iconic. had like and, um, different themes, 
not just the same theme yeah. with a variation. Yeah, that. But you, you know, even just Danny Elfman's theme is iconic, and Hans yeah. Zimmer's Dark Knight score, like that, was so innovative and like um, even experimental with like how they oh, it was great. did the crescendoing. Yeah, yeah, it's like very, and that's how they did with like all of Nolan's movies. Like the scores for all of his films are great, and there's a lot of behind the scenes about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like in this movie, it's yeah, it's the same two notes. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's it's not like a terrible theme or anything. It's just I don't know if it's going to hold up as well as like um, those it's those previous, which are so iconic. Yeah, you know Heath Heath Ledger is so great in like The Dark Knight, and there's like so many elements in The Dark Knight that this movie doesn't like it tries to capture it just doesn't do as well oh man yeah and i i guess we can go into more but yeah that was probably my biggest criticism with it it's like you can't help but compare it to nolan's films and and yeah it doesn't compare in certain ways in some ways it really is cool and i like this whole new take on it that's more like kind of the arkham games where they're like let's just throw in a bunch of villains you know like yeah let's have more action yeah, like okay, that's cool. They're gonna give like Penguin his own show. Like I don't know if you heard about. Oh that. really? Like Colin Wait, Farrell? Really? I thought really? he was great, Colin Farrell. I like I really loved his performance. Are they gonna put him in the same makeup for the show? What? Where's this? Is it gonna be an HBO sure, Max? Sure, I, I, I love the makeup too. Like he's yeah. basically unrecognizable, and yeah, yeah I love his performance. Yeah, he was in the a film. fun character. Yeah, yeah. Dane Don, uh, not Dane Don. <laughs> What's his name? Paul Dano. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Might Paul as well Dano. be in this movie. Um, he's honestly. he's barely in it. I feel, uh, <laughs> and that's like a good thing. But uh, um, when, it, when you know, it's also a bad thing because you want to see him more. But I guess that's like in theme with like the Arkham games. That's when why I mentioned mask it, like is Riddler's off, not really a part of it. He was so yeah. He's fucking supposed to look cringe. like a wimp. He was like, I'm yeah. not just talking about his visual but aesthetics. That's, like the, like, that's the point. Well, yeah, because he's supposed to be an incel. <laughs> yeah. But I swear the but that, movie that's was why trying to imply like, some sort of like, fear yeah. there, right? Yeah. I'm not supposed like, to just be laughing at that scene, right? I swear the movie is trying to imply some level of like tension or fear. Or like, ooh, he's so creepy and weird and scary. I think it was trying to go for kind of a jokery thing in that sense of like, ooh, he's crazy. Yeah. But it was just so oh, cringe definitely. when he started singing Ave Maria in falsetto. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? Is this a comedy now? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> People were saying there were yeah, no jokes really in the film. That. They might not have seen that scene. Like, like, I, I, you know, the Dark Knight, that scene is like really great. The interrogation with the Joker, like he's beating the shit out of him. Yeah. God. Like, Where are they? Like he's fucking beating that was, the fucking That was like genuinely like, an awesome. awful scene. Oh, that escalation of the way it builds that no the other movie. scene in the movie yeah. was genuinely awful that was a genuinely <laughs> awful scene. yeah i'm with you it didn't fully work yeah and in the dark night there's the music the crescendoing music it's yeah it's incredible and yeah the lighting and everything uh they're even setting up like the broken glass for when is he joker escapes later uh sorry for spoiling the dark night it's, it's about a decade old we're fine on that one <laughs> don't yeah, worry yeah about it. no one gives a shit at this point yeah uh, yeah, it just doesn't really compare. Another scene I want to compare, um, there's like the scene where Riddler's like, I guess it's like a found footage scene where he's like holding a yeah, guy yeah. hostage. That's like a, the exact same scene. From I know. The Dark Knight. Except in the they Dark Knight, that scene is too. much better. Yeah. And, and like Cam mentioned that, like a friend of mine mentioned that he's just like, yeah, constant like like the references to the Dark Knight that are just not as good. Like yeah. that scene especially. In the Dark Knight, yeah, like, was not as you know, the, really, the sound in the Dark Knight made it like really good. I guess the sound of him the holding sound the sound choices but, also yeah. because and, yeah. they they removed the, the score yeah. at that the point. Way they shot it. So there there's specific mm-hmm. points in the Dark Knight where they removed the score, um, most notably during the car chase scene. And I'm pretty sure they either removed the score or they kept it very subtle for the first part where Heath Ledger is like, "And now people will die" or whatever. Like 
I remember mm-hmm. there being a lot more impact to that scene, and I don't think they were playing a whole bunch of like spoopy music the entire time. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they didn't. In this film, I noticed a mm-hmm. lot of just like, oh, the score just just kind of there for you know like it feels less raw and uh-huh. it feels less real and especially when we're getting to like the car chase scene i'm like man if you just if you just cut out the score here and then vamped up like the sound design elements of the vehicles and made it more like mm-hmm. the you know sure there's a bunch of films that have done it at this point but i was well yeah I, then, I like then that it would just be a copy effective. of the dark knight yeah and it that's would, kind then of it would like just a, be the dark knight again with like that, that car chase dance you know? around, right? they were trying to it's avoid like, that again they're they're are they everything making you're the saying film that, that car chase in the dark Knight doing has that? that yeah like that's a great scene like they can't they have to tiptoe around doing things that the dark knight has done so they have to kind of do it different yeah exactly that's really what drags yeah they're kind of stuck yeah. But in saying that, though, I did think the action was good in the movie for the most part. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly restrained, using lighting a lot, like explosions and the light from gunfire and whatnot. Creative yeah. choices, like the upside down shot yeah, and stuff, cool stuff in, the, mm-hmm. in the car chase. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the action as a whole, yeah. It's probably. The fist fighting stuff, yeah, Batman much action. better than like um, Batman Begins. That's one of the weaker yeah. things in that movie. It's yeah. One of, of the worst things about that movie is the action, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. some of the action scenes in Dark Knight Rises, like the handheld fight sequences. Yeah. Um, uh, Dark Knight Rises, there's like a similar scene where it's lit by muzzle flashes and they're shooting at Batman. And that well, scene is yeah. so silly. You bring up Dark Looks Knight so Rises silly. and that's a good like, contrast point because it always bothered me that in the, in like the the final moments of that movie where Batman's just standing in the broad daylight of the streets and he just looks goofy as hell. Whereas in this movie, he's, he's hidden in the darkness in the way he should be. Like the, yeah. It's like the whole design of the character. He's like ridiculous. It was a problem in Justice League too, where you see him just standing in like an open field and with like the sun shining on him and it, it, it doesn't work. It's it's mm. absurd. It's ridiculous. Here he's completely so, dark. Yeah, I love the look of the movie. Uh, like the yeah. I think visually gorgeous. it's just fantastic. The, That's probably my favorite yeah. part. It, like that car chase scene, I think has a lot of great shots in it. I mean. Yeah, even little, without like, the music on the cars. yeah like th- that shot when yeah like the penguin's car flips over as it's attached to like batman's batmobile like <laughs> that that shot is fucking sick like yeah it, yeah it, it's so many great sh- just shots and choices yeah like the way it's lit with fire and um yeah it's just the, ch- the choice to make it dark like very dark cinematography um but i guess it fits the film better than suicide squad <laughs> yeah it's appropriate they actually use it sure. to pull off some cool ideas some creative yeah, ideas it was definitely done better in this film as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah no question no doubt yeah, about that absolutely yeah I still think uh, The Dark Knight's better maybe I, I don't remember oh, much yeah. about yeah. Batman Begins I definitely I'll have agree. to revisit it to know The, the Dark Knight like is definitely better, better. Mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely a better film Dark I thought Knight this was sure. very entertaining yeah this is super entertaining um, blockbuster but yeah, the Dark Knight is like a masterpiece. <laughs> like they're not even close in, in my mind. So um Yeah. I'm am I you. am I wrong in saying that like if you removed Catwoman from the story then nothing would change except for like she saves him at the end in a convenient moment? Like she didn't really do anything. <laughs> There's the whole reveal with her being like the Falcone daughter. That was a little um I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Like melodramatic or cliched. Yeah, a little cliched. I don't know. She didn't really add much to the movie. For yeah. Me. Well, like like in the final action sequence where, you know, it's like really clearly set up that all oh, Batman's in a jam. Who's going to save it? Uh, yeah. I'm going to slowly in, move my shotgun up to your face at this moment instead of just killing you. Yeah. Like, okay. 
<laughs> All right. Whatever. I've never really connected with a Matt Reeves film, but this is my favorite out of everything he's made. It had enough elements in it where I'm like, okay, this I can really say is really great. I can really say I loved certain things about this movie, even if I didn't connect with the entire experience as a whole. What do you guys think of Matt Reeves' other films? Yeah, I'm okay with him. I don't have yeah, the, the problem you say... do with the Apes movies quite as much. The, the, mm-hmm. They are kind of like... Uh effects vehicles for the most mm-hmm. part but i think they're fine yeah. i think they they got some good moments yeah. i guess this is his but... best film too i think yeah yeah, I'm yeah i think everyone can I think agree pretty much yeah, i think this is his best film yeah um, yeah yeah planet of the apes yeah, yeah they're fine yeah, i don't find them that particularly engaging i like cloverfield a lot i think that's super cool yeah yeah cloverfield's pretty cool yeah, yeah. it's funny like he messes up that found footage scene <laughs> like this <laughs> movie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have yeah. been an expert on it but uh whatever Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely. I think it's best his best film, just because it's Batman. Very entertaining. Yeah, it's just yeah, they didn't have to play that theme over and over. Um, we're comparing it to Zodiac. Uh, not well, I guess Zodiac. Yeah, the Fincher yeah. Seven. Seven. Yeah, you know those films are rated R. This movie really could have been rated R. <laughs> I felt it's like key yeah, scenes when he's like in a morgue, thing. like and they're not showing a body. He's looking at him like okay, like, and you know that's such a they big part of the Arkham thumb. games. Um, Arkham Knight is rated M, by the way, and and Batman's doing autopsies on bodies and and things like that. And like, if you're going to compare the film to Seven, you might as well go all the way with the R rating, right? But yeah. Batman, at the end of the if day, the like, you know, I was at I was at Walmart and they're selling like toys of Batman, so it's like okay, so they're, they're trying to appeal to kids on some level because that Batman has always appealed to kids, <laughs> and, you know. They have it's funny they're like imagining like a nine-year-old watching this movie <laughs> yeah it's but like... but they probably are yeah like i think i saw some kids in there with like families or whatever like really? it's batman like so at the end of the day they have to like tone it down a little bit but it, it kind of takes away from the movie it's like yeah like if this was a fincher movie like batman would be like doing all kinds of sick shit but it doesn't like ruin the film i, I feel like even dark knight on that level like it's it's pg-13 but it feels a little more mature than than this does and there's some like really shocking moments in the Dark Knight as well. The, the bombing of of the Butler Alfred in this film, like it has mm-hmm. no consequence ultimately. Like he gets bombed, and then it, it's just like he's in the hospital. Like oh, okay, he's not dead, and he'll probably be back in the next film when they make it. And you know, in in the Dark Knight, when Rachel's bombed, like she's fucking dead, and it's like mm-hmm. horrifying that scene. Like, and it has like consequence. Like mm-hmm. it's really smart that they wrote that character in, like so they could kill her like she's not that important like she's not like you know two-faced or anything uh but like and it's just in this film it's like we need something here but we can't like kill like this this important character in the first fucking movie so mm-hmm. it's not gonna have yeah. like any so consequences <laughs> like, and there's a few things like that it's just like okay so at the end of the day like everyone's in jail so they can make more movies with them and like they just want to keep everything going um yeah yeah and yeah, I just can't help but compare it to The Dark Knight. It's there's so it's impossible not to. Yeah, yeah, and yeah it's so recent. Not. I was not a big fan of Andy Serkis in this movie. He was kind of distracting for me. I like I Michael Caine like much more. Oh, I, th- I thought Michael Caine was great. Yeah, I prefer Michael Caine. Yeah, but even without comparing it to Michael Caine, Andy Serkis was a moment of like, oh, I see the actor and not the character. You know. I feel like he's barely in it. There's a lot of things going on in this film. There's he's like barely in it. But it was the voice a voice or lack of yeah. development. Or, yeah. 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 It's it, it, it's like an obligatory character that they threw in sort of thing. Like, oh, here he is. I also felt yeah. like they were a bit manipulative and dishonest with the editing in the bomb scene. And I didn't really see a good reason for that to happen other than just being manipulative. Where they implied that 
it had happened like earlier or that it was didn't happen yet you know mm-hmm. it's like oh this happened earlier like oh that's like a saw forward editing twist <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah there's some editing moments that took me out of it sound editing moments particularly mm-hmm. like I, I can't point to any like exactly but there's like some moments where like the music would cut out it was just kind of corny and yeah like I, little things like that i yeah. i thought that that nirvana song was a great addition to the film i thought that it perfectly encapsulated the tone that they were going for I thought that it complemented like the style of the Batman and like the type of story that they were trying to tell. And I think that it was used appropriately or near the beginning and then at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was like a perfect addition to the film. The way it's edited, it's like Batman's actually listening to it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On his radio, yeah. which is cool. Like he's actually listening to the Diegetic. Song. It says a lot about his character. Yeah, it's diegetic. Yeah. yeah. It says a lot about his character. Yeah, wasn't that Pattinson's like inspiration for his Bruce Wayne was Cobain, so... Oh, mm. Bruce Cobain. Yeah, yeah. Pants is really good. Like he's very pale because he doesn't go out. Like you can tell he's really fucked up, like in the head. Like yeah. it's a very yeah, he's disturbed. Case. He's getting yeah. toxoplasmosis from all the years. bat poop or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the glow uh-huh. in the eyes. Yeah. And like that was more. That was the strongest part room. of the story. Is like being in Batman's shoes and understanding, like, um, like, like seeing these like shocking moments play out with him. And it's like seeing his reaction. Like that was usually the best part of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And him like finding out how his family's involved in this yeah. scam or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you guys think of Gordon in the film? No complaints, no He's issues. Great. Yeah. I thought he was good. Yeah. That's a really fun dynamic. The strongest yeah. part. I like that they put him in the movie a lot. Like there's a lot of scenes with Gordon and Batman, yeah. which I think is very strong. It made it yeah. was a good dynamic. It was a good uh-huh. character to have. That felt like a fresh take that actually worked. Like, um, I, I, you know, Gary Oldman's great in Dark Knight, but this was, I would say, it's significantly yeah. different and like better. In it some helps ways. it become more of a detective <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. And we we criticize Catwoman. I'd say Zoe Kravitz is better than Catwoman in um. Oh, Dark of course. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure, shit about her. Sure. I liked her a bit better. <laughs> I, I, you know, even just aside from the writing of the character, I just like the look of Zoe Kravitz like a bit more. Yeah, she's like. A bit tinier, like more flexible. Like I think mm-hmm. that's better for it. Like I okay. think that's like she's a really good Catwoman. I think. Mm-hmm. Here's an issue I had that I'm curious to get your uh, perspectives on. So I like that that in concept they made a detective film. I like that that you know it's like mm-hmm. oh the mystery and then you solve the clue and then it leads you to the next thing. I do not care for how the clues were figured out because it seemed like several times it almost every time there was some sort of major discovery it's because they couldn't figure it out and then batman just happens to have a conversation with someone at the exact moment where he's <laughs> he needs to figure it out like what was it the first the first one was like uh the penguin saying like what are you talking about that's this blah 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 blah, blah. is like oh i just needed to talk to the penguin and then he's like going through the crime scene and the guy's like oh the carpet thing this is i just i'm a carpet cleaner blah 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 it's like i don't feel a sense of like reward or like it it feels like it feels like kind of almost like a weird cop out that everything's just like oh here's the answer just i just happen to be next to the person who could help me find the answer at this moment like I mm-hmm. wish he could have figured things out in a better way. It, just, it seems awfully silly and convenient to have everything resolved like that. Yeah, there definitely are a few of those, like the yeah. carpenter cousin one or whatever, like you said. I would, I would rather have the character 
figure it out <laughs> instead like i would i i think that a eureka uh-huh. moment doesn't necessarily have to be explained by somebody else who knows more about it than him like i don't know it's it's weird how film decides how things need to be communicated for the audience you know it like the more extreme example of this is like in birdemic they have to show the character getting gas. It's like, oh, people will wonder how he got from point A to... Like, <laughs> you don't need to show the character filling up to get gas. People can infer that he got gas, <laughs> right? They, they, they yeah. can imagine yeah. that the car is filled with gas mm-hmm. in the same way where it's like, like, do we need do we need a micro explanation for every single, like, eureka moment? Or can a character at any point ever just go like, oh, wait, I just remembered what this... Oh, I know what this is, actually. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to me, at least. Yeah, it's kind of the tropes that come along with the this kind of mystery story, huh? With the Just the way they decided to structure yeah. it. How did you guys feel about the way it kind of builds up towards that third act involving the, the seawall explosion with the vans and kind of using it? His influence of following to uh, get the like, live yeah, shooters well, and that whole that was in the trailer stadium that was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Incel army. Yeah, that was kind of silly. Um, that's when the movie got very silly. The incel army, right? And there's like you know he has 300 subscribers on whatever fake site they yeah. come up with, like that he's communicating with his followers. And yeah, it's a uh, he's streaming live on yourmoviesucks.org. Yeah, I thought more people would follow him considering like, you know, what he's doing, like killing people. It's like it's only like 100 people or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I get what they're saying. It's like a bit topical of a thing. There's like pockets of online extremism and stuff like that, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but it, it's not really We also have like, to like given the tone of the movie, it doesn't really fit. It's like too over the top and, and almost kind of too on the nose. Yeah, there's not the, all this shoehorned in like social commentary in like seven, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's, it's, it's like the, the social commentary angle works better in like a Marvel movie because it's a little more campy and over the top. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, like it, it's it's more of a comedy. So they have to put so. something in there, like um, you know, some empowering message. And this is trying to go for something more serious, like yeah, and the, uh, it's funny. Um, I was I was seeing uh, Ben Shapiro like hates this movie. Oh, right. <laughs> like, I was trying to think like why does he hate it? Like what what's wrong? And you know, there's all this talk. Catwoman like, said, oh, Batman, you're once. you're white privileged or whatever." Like they call Batman privileged or whatever. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's probably yeah. They're what talking ben about the corrupt, about like yeah, yeah, people yeah. in the it's government. about corrupt police. Yeah, like the Gotham police force was like super corrupt, and that's one of like the the more awesome parts of the movie i thought was like the the corrupt police force like the scene of him escaping the police station like that was super intense and i really love the way that film is shot uh, that scene is shot anyway and yeah like ben shapiro he's just like hates the whole privilege angle like so the movie's <sighs> terrible like like it's like completely like black and white like there's there's so many great aspects to this movie like even if the commentary is like really like not subtle at all well because the way it feeds back into the main character is what makes it work for me is that that vengeance line where it's, it's like spun back on him and it's kind of saying yeah. like yeah we yeah. can use fear too like it's, it's not just something you can harness i think and- that's a cool idea I don't know. Yeah, I also definitely. don't consider the commentary to be like the core of the film. Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely key scenes where like trying to like hammer in um, something. <laughs> All right. Um, we got two other movies to talk about. We should probably wrap this up. Uh, what are your closing thoughts on this? You don't have any other criticisms? Yeah. I mean, I, I loved the the first hour of the film. I fucking loved 
and then it just kind of fizzled out because it was just a lot more of the same things from the first hour just stretched out over a longer period of time. I wish that uh, there was a bit more variety in the tones and experiences and especially the score. You know, there's there's a couple goofy moments. There's uh, the penguin manages to brake check a gigantic tanker truck with a Maserati and the truck manages to crash from that and not. OK, whatever. That's not physics, but OK, <laughs> it's a comic book movie, even though it's a more serious one. Uh, yeah. Six out of ten. My experience is like, I don't know, closer to a five, but like I, I got to give it some props for the visuals, the look like there's a there's things about it that I really love, even if my by the end of it, I was just upset that my whole day was gone after spending so long in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm right there with you, Adam, like in terms of a lot of my criticisms with it. I definitely liked it more than you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like we're all in agreement with like a lot of what we don't like about it. Um, not that I don't find it entertaining. But yeah, it's not like the greatest film I've ever seen. It's not nearly as good as The Dark Knight. And you can't help but compare it to that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I might like lower it upon like watching it again, but I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten for now because yeah, it's super entertaining. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting on too. I I, I do want to watch it again, um, despite the runtime. Yeah, I w- I was really into the story. I was entertained. I do like yeah. this take. I like the design of the suit. I like the production design, the lighting, and everything. And there's definitely the, the director's really passionate, clearly about his interpretation. And I can imagine there being better stuff to come in the future um you know people seem to be liking it too so it looks likely that's gonna happen i mean yeah i bet ben as far as the score the sequel and he's gonna love it yeah um <laughs> i'm like kind of in between you guys i I'd say it's like a high seven for me like a three and a half maybe yeah. going up or down depending on how that second viewing goes when i go uh-huh. around seeing it might it go down with seven yeah might go down with seven yeah but right but, but for yeah, now i, I did it enjoy it. it's not even that much yeah Awesome. Yeah, I won't. I probably won't see this again ever, but I'll watch the sequel and hope that it's like, I don't know, two and a half hours or shorter. <laughs> or maybe just more <laughs> things happen or more experiences. Anyway. All right. It's time for the film recommendation. Alex, why don't you uh, right, say yeah, the things got... about the movie? Introduce your film. So, uh, yeah, I, I recommended a very special double bill of. Uh, they're, they're not official, officially linked in any way, but the definitely thematically linked and <laughs> for talking plots they're extremely similar but um i chose the last temptation of christ from 1988 martin scorsese movie and the passion of the christ from 2004 the mel gibson movie we're going to start in chronological order with the 88 last temptation of christ led by willem dafoe I mean, as far as a, a, a plot synopsis is concerned i think <laughs> the majority of people know the uh the, the story, the sacrifice of Jesus, um, but what makes it interesting in uh, this version of these two movies we're talking about is kind of the angle Scorsese took with it and exploring the uh, the various temptations that Christ goes through in the three-hour-long epic, going through you know Jesus's different strifes with trying to solve uh, conflicts with love, with a uh, with hate, with uh, mm-hmm. and ultimately the with sacrifice yeah with uh, this crucifixion yeah yeah it's yeah perhaps the most humanizing portrayal of jesus which i'd imagine some religious people might not like because 
you know, you, you want well, yeah, to separate these, uh, the fun. guide from the yeah. human sort of thing. That Another thing, yeah, that links these oh. two movies is the, uh, yeah, sure the controversy side. These are uh, two extremely controversial movies. They're both in the completely different these reasons, lists yeah. of them. Yeah, for mm-hmm. completely different reasons. Sure. Um, but the, 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 the ones, the, the response to The Last Temptation of Christ was, was extreme to the point where there was, there was even a, a terrorist attack in what in France linked to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I was Do reading about it on the Wikipedia. Yeah, the controversy. The 88 attack on St. Michael's Cinema in Paris. A uh, Catholic group set fire to the St. Michael's Cinema in Paris while it was showing the film a little after midnight and an incendiary device ignited under a seat in the less supervised underground room where a different film was being shown. The device consisted of a charge of yada yada yada. The attack injured 13 people, four of whom were severely burned and severely damaged the cinema. And oh yeah, that's God. alongside oh. like a bunch of death threats and protests. Wow. Yeah. yeah, protests. It's funny to think about because yeah. this is 88. That's what I read like, about. I didn't hear about the bombing, yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of protests. Like the movie was supposed to be made years before, but they they somehow managed to get it canceled because they they were sending Man. letters to the studio. That's crazy um, to me. I mean, obviously, but yeah, <laughs> like, the, the bombing, sometimes yeah. I try to like even attempt to rationalize something like like that. I'm like, well, how can you be mad at the movie? But like you you would theoretically have to like watch the film to be that upset about its content, right? Or like. You would have to acknowledge that maybe there are other fe- people that are doing that for that reason. You would have to imagine that, like, mm-hmm. not everyone in the theater is being like, "I want to see Jesus depicted in this way," but they might just be curious about it and watching it to see to like make up their own minds about it, right? Like, how could you, how could you burn down a theater of people like for seeing what it is, like as if that's yeah, a sin? they're just like angry on principle. Which is especially interesting considering um, the the opening text, the movie, the message that it opens with saying, this film is not based upon the Gospels, but upon the fictional exploration of yeah. the eternal spiritual spiritual conflict. Yeah, Gospels so are they're, non-fiction. They're, they're tr- <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, <laughs> sure. they're going out of their way to kind of preface and explain that, yeah, this we're not trying to do a beat-for-beat beat exact retelling of the Bible right now. We're trying to explore... But the artistic side of what we can kind of get out of like debating the theology and yeah, yeah. exploring the actual cinematic side of it. What I read about before was like the the filming itself, like how much of a grueling kind of shoot it was to make the movie, and they kind of budget, did like yeah. a minimalist a minimalist approach with the whole thing because they had very limited time and money and resources. There was a lot of improvisation. And yeah, it seemed like a grueling shoot. Like even just from watching the movie, like the locations they were yeah. filming in, it seemed like you know, like a lot of huts. It seemed like a lot of a practical lighting, a lot of outdoor scenes. It looks like mm. um, it looked hot, know, like fire and things like that. Yeah, it looked hot. Like either they're in the desert, you know, the fucking sweaty. Like Willem Dafoe's like, you know, uh, carrying the cross, and mm. you know, it, it's like a really grueling like film to make. It's it's pretty long, but yeah, yeah, I've seen it before. I, I really liked watching it again, and yeah, I feel like I got a lot out of it. Uh, I didn't feel the length time. too much. And yeah, I really, no, not really. Yeah, no. and I it's it not really so well-paced. like that's what I like about Scorsese in general. Like as a director, I love him because his movies they're not really they're not so dry. Like this movie has like violence mm. and it has blood and like really shocking moments and it has nudity. 
Like you don't feel like you're watching like a, a movie made for like a Bible school or something. Like it's really yeah, exa- like, yeah. His style does a really good. His job style, of you know, it is like Goodfellas or something like that. Yeah, like it carries over like that grotesque violence and that blood, and you know, it's really a visceral film. And I guess that's why so people, so many people were shocked by it when it came out, and it got such like a a bad reception from certain people. But um, y- you know, like it is a really effective film, and it is very engaging and. You, you know, you can even say, like, kind of entertaining at times, like, uh, and yeah, that depiction of Jesus, like, humanizing, that's that's a great word for it. Like, it is the most humanizing mm. I've seen. And, and yeah, like, I really liked the movie. I got a lot out of it. Yeah, well, my favorite scenes from the movie are just some of them are simple, where it's just Jesus sitting down with someone, whether it be the Baptist or whoever, and just having a debate really just talking about the theology talking about their politics talking about their beliefs and the struggles that come from that it was, it was really reminding me of um first reform is that what it's called yeah which uh which happens to be written by um paul schrader as well so there's mm, some connection same, yeah, there. Exactly. Um, <laughs> i think that makes sense and it's yeah i i just really enjoy exploring it through dialogue as long as the dialogue is good and engaging yeah. and thought-provoking but i found it to be especially for the first maybe hour and a half that was where i was enjoying that side of it the most before it, it more kind of one-to-one lines up with the mm-hmm. the plot of like the passion of the christ and the, the whole sacrifice bit towards the end although there is that whole subversion where it's there's the the dream sequence uh, where it's toward it, the end, which I wasn't expecting, yeah. and that's like yeah. the last half hour of the film. Space right? like ending. Whole, when you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about when he gets crucified and he goes into the like he, he yeah he goes on for longer than the, the angel yeah. saves him yeah yeah that's like his last well, yeah, temptation like to like of, not do the crucifixion what he thinks is an angel like somehow saves saved, but, yeah but then yeah. he ultimately decides to do it because Judas like calls exactly him a yeah his final like, temptation you, know, you, you said that's that's all you had to do was crucify yourself for your people yeah and like that was very interesting it's kind of like contextualizing the the sacrifice in in like a completely different way in almost a way where mm-hmm. where it's like it's more personal towards this Jesus character than it is about humanity which is a very interesting yeah. way to take it where it's like oh well this isn't just like about hu- the sacrifice for humanity. This is literally sacrificing your uh, everything you could be. Like you could be happy and have a family, and this is what would happen. It's almost like this weird sort of like Christmas carol-y vision into the the possibility yeah, of, of the sure. future for him, right? And it's interesting. You know, it's using it, yeah. it's it's he's, interesting he's a great what it explores. Director. Yeah, like it's using like that power of cinema like to its maximum effect to like convey like that feeling. Yeah, like, I was really surprised by, by that. Yeah, humanizing is a great word for it. Like. It's about religion, so people are going to have that rea- reaction. But that's why I like like religious movies or movies with religious themes that are challenging, like like this. Like it does. I think if you actually watch the film, it does make Jesus sympathetic. Like I don't think it's sacrilegious, the way like like people were saying back then. Yeah, I think it was completely misinterpreted. I mean, obviously, and if you look from like certain circles, like there are people who love this movie when it came out, like Roger Ebert. Like it did get good reviews from critics. And and people like that, you know, I, I would say in general, if whether praise or criticism of a film, if it comes purely from motivated uh, religious motivation, if that's your reason mm-hmm. why you dislike or enjoy a piece of art, I would say it's not like a really interesting conversation. <laughs> like, you're kind of, uh-huh. you uh-huh. might as well just be like basing it off of your fetish. You might as well just be saying like, Oh, this movie is great because <laughs> it had, it had this weird thing in it that I get a boner for like, okay. 
Like <laughs> other people don't operate mm-hmm. on that, so he, that's not really a substance. Scorsese went on to make films, so yeah, he's like, you know, he's doing fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. that so this career. this was yeah. based off of a novel, I think. Yes. And I think yeah. I think yeah. conceptually, yeah, I about before, it. you know, he had tried to be getting getting it made for years, just couldn't. I think conceptually, it's it's an interesting way to approach this subject matter because, like, if let's say someone wanted to create a story about these um, sort of like personal ethical dilemmas and uh, personal struggles of someone who was, even if you made up a character that wasn't Jesus, even if you were to create an entirely new character and be like, okay, this is the son of a God, blah, blah, blah. They have some sort of responsibility to a deity or whatever. That would be so much more information that you'd have to pack in that it would be like, why, why wouldn't you just use Jesus? You can change the story a bit. You can go off of you know, your own interpretation of mm-hmm. the scripture and change things in ways. And as long as you're honest about it and be like, oh, this is my, this is the type of story I wanted to tell. And I was using Jesus as a vehicle to, to explore these ideas and to explore these emotions. I think that's great. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Like that was essentially done with um, like Spencer, right? Like the Princess Diana movie recently is like taking an existing uh, character and then just like kind of, you know, I want to explore this these thoughts i want to explore these potential thoughts that someone who is like this person might be and i'm using this existing character as to not have to provide the necessary backstory because everybody knows who this is and you already like you already understand the context of like where the the story is starting so you can just keep going from there and have freedom with whatever story you want to tell i i like it how did you guys feel about the uh creative decision seems around that um the the accents Harvey Keitel was so funny. <laughs> that was yeah. It took me like twenty to minutes to get into the movie for that reason. Because of Harvey was Keitel, it? yeah. I, I you, thought yeah. Will Defoe was good. I thought he was really great. I actually. love Will. Mm-hmm. Um, Harvey Keitel was charming but <laughs> distracting. Yeah, so the, even the just Romans his first like scene, British I thought Harvey and... Keitel. I didn't think he was terrible, yeah. but uh, just his first scene was like distracting. It felt like he didn't know. Like what scene he was in, almost. Hey Jesus, you talking to me? Yeah, it seemed like he yeah, was out of it's pulp like fiction. It's like a creative decision you've got to get used to. It takes a little second to get used to that, but sure. it, is, it, it ultimately funny. works. It's, yeah. Also, I, I'd like to point out, like it, it is kind of amusing that it may be a product of its time, sort of thing, where it's like you see a white character, they're getting speaking dialogue. Every other ca- uh, character, they have such a mishmash yeah. of all these different cultures. Uh, and and races presented in this film, and you're just like, wow, these are just like aesthetic background characters, and that's it. When mm-hmm. like realistically, it's like they're kind of banking on people not to be familiar with history, you know? Like they're kind of banking on people to be as yeah. ignorant about like what things uh, were like uh, back yeah. then as I and I I am too. I'm just throw that out there. I'm not a great historian <laughs> person. I'm not really interested in a lot of those things. But I can tell when something is like, okay, well. It wasn't this. This is this is not accurate to what this would be. I don't think you know. And yeah, it goes kind of abstract enough. It's not. It's not going for like just trying to be a one-to-one exact. Yeah. Like this has to be historically accurate in every way. The the enjoyment comes from more the the dialogue and the creativity of what's being presented with the. You know, it does get wacky at certain points. One of my favorite yeah. scenes is the in the desert where he draws the circle around himself and. Has the was well, one of the temptation scenes with the devil, which yeah. 
trick him. And I love that scene though. There's like a lot of crazy stylistic choices. That's why I love mm. Scorsese. Even the just the title cards. Uh, I wanted to talk yeah. about the ending. You know, when Jesus, um, I guess, dies and and the film like sputters out. Like you see, like the film reels sputter out. Like, did you know that was like actually just like. They actually just ran out of film, like while they were filming. <laughs> and they just really? ended it right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, wait, yeah, that is like I'm a message from God. Right here. How to end? Oh, it. here, this is from an article. They discovered that a camera was faulty only after the film was processed. A result, which was that the unintentional whiteout at the very moment Jesus died. Oh, cool. According to the director, they were working in a state of urgency. Huh. So yeah, like you know, they just fucking ran out of film at that's that great. moment. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and they like, they're like cool. okay, let's get to the film. And like, but not? it's perfect. It works perfectly for the end. Yeah. Like, I, I love the ending. Like, that's really cool. Remember the part in the Bible when the snake tells Jesus to look at her tits and then explodes? That was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always been my favorite. <laughs> but that was like shocking. Like, I didn't oh, expect great. that at all. Great. I was like, was what so the funny. fuck? Well, I see, literally said, what the fuck? Out this loud, is one of those movies yeah. where like part of my enjoyment for it is purely just out of the charm of just like this like time capsule sort of film of like oh this is silly yeah and there's a lot of about it that's like okay this is still really well made like willem dafoe's performance is great and like just a lot of what it explores thematically the writing (laughs) the pacing like i love the soundtrack also i think the music in this film is dope i love the soundtrack Uh throughout the entire film um but yeah there's there's certain like goofy kind of like you know 80s 90s isms in this movie that i find charming and i'm like ah this is there's like an ironic enjoyment sort of sense to it david bowie shows up oh yeah for a little bit yeah he does (laughs) he was in a lot yeah because the romans are like british yeah Uh uh-huh man the movie was kind of experimental with the casting i think that's why i didn't mind harvey keitel so much it was kind of like everybody um, yeah they make it work yeah it works fine yeah so I was I was uh, raised in a religious household. Um, it do, I don't mm. think my parents are really much anymore. Um, but when I was younger, it was like very much like kind of like, oh, this is like what you do sort of thing. Like you go to church. I went through the whole like Bible confirmation, Bible studies shit. I went on like youth retreats. Like it was it was a whole thing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like well versed in it. Damn. And it's it's I find it like really interesting. So whenever I watch a film like this, because of that context and because of that experience, whenever I'm like brought back into like a sort of like, oh, yeah, this is kind of like I, I'm reminded of, of like aspects of religion. It's always so retrospectively eye opening to me in ways because, really? you know, like there just certain lines in this film where it is pretty accurate to, to what uh, represents a lot of organized religion. Yeah, you know what? Do you want to know who my God is? Fear. Things like that. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, that was a great monologue. There's a lot of repeated enforcement, not just by this film, but by organized religion in general, of like, kind of like idolizing the idea of subservience, in a way. I remember mm-hmm. I had to... Um, it was like I had stopped going to church for a while, and I was like already kind of like done with the idea of religion. And then it was one of those like, oh, but we're going to keep, we're going to do the church thing on Christmas because it's Christmas. It's like, okay. And so I went back to, uh, did Christmas thing at the church and I'm like, I'm reading along to like these hymns that everyone is seeing. And a lot of like, if you, if you really break down like the individual words that are being said where it's like, uh, I will worship you. I am not worthy sort of thing. And I'm like, I'm having this weird moment where I'm like, 
Man, it was so normal just to say all those things, and especially when you're younger and you're growing up, like when you're like too young. When you're saying the words before you understand them, it becomes normalized to the point where you never understand them because it's just something you've all always been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're separated from that, when you like recontextualize it, and you're like, oh wow, like this is what I was saying the entire time. It becomes like one of those weird sort of eye-opening, opening moments. So yeah, watching. Watching religious content has always had like a very personal <laughs> experience attached to it, and especially I'll stop rambling about this in a second, but I just I don't know my experiences with religion like i I remember when when I was convinced when I still believed in God and I was discovering uh that I was like gay, I remember just mm-hmm. like being an absolute torment of just like God hates me sort of thing, which was probably not healthy to experience uh at like 13 yeah, or whatever that sucks but yeah it's like it's it's just it's so bizarre and crazy to me just the that this exists and it's like normalized <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah beyond normalized it's just <laughs> our it's immediate expected. history it's just how yeah. we are yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's a surprisingly fun movie yeah it's surprisingly yeah yeah that's yeah that's what i mean like it's not dry. It's not boring. It has a lot of fun parts. Like when the lady explodes, like her voice gets deep and explodes. Like that's, that's great. I love that part. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yeah, it, it was. It's a small moment of the movie. I was like, I have to write that down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. I don't feel you have to strictly interpret the movie as like a religious film. Or oh, I was saying context. it reminded me other... of, of those. Yeah, elements. yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I have my own experience with religion too. Yeah, mm-hmm. going to like not really Sunday school, but I did like a kind of like a religion school during the week kind of thing weekly. Mm. But you know, nothing crazy. Um, and so yeah, I was definitely familiar with like the the Bible story and like the story of Jesus. I I was thinking if I needed to do any like research into like the Bible before like talking about the movie, but like the story, it's it's pretty straightforward. Like the story of Jesus, like it's it's pretty much the most like basic story like everyone knows it i think at this point like there's nothing yeah there's nothing it's hard for not me, like, to just absorb it through to. osmosis through yeah like it was just absorbing the movie and, it's yeah, it just takes, star like, wars approach with it. it it really takes <laughs> its own approach with it like that's what's interesting it's it, it just kind of tells its own story and it does its own thing it's just the matrix and, yeah you could just take it as like about a guy like you know obviously there's some sense of like spirituality even if you don't believe in god like Everyone has some sense of like coming to terms with their spirituality or coming to terms with like their their peace, right? Inner peace. So that's why people meditate or do other things aside from praying or, yeah, or overcoming things of that fear. sort. And so yeah. you could definitely take the film that way as like, you know, a man coming to terms with the, these these choices and, and you know, you don't have to believe in God. You can just see like these these hallucinations as just him hallucinating or you know of that sort it, it really yeah. um it's a film, vehicle it, it to takes explore the, other concepts it's very um open to interpretation and it, yeah and it more embraces like filmmaking and it uses it to yeah maximize like that emotion <laughs> that you get out of it and, yeah. yeah like scorsese and it's is a like great intellectually like, stimulating in different yeah, ways as it, it goes is. on depending on what you're to chew on it's stimulating yeah. in like a lot of ways yeah it's like emotionally like it's very engaging yeah even for a film that is you know it's a pretty old film it's from the 80s and it's still like a very entertaining film i thought like um there's parts of it that are dated but i i really enjoyed watching it um again 
because <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good religion movie, which there's not a lot of. Um, yeah, not well, a lot I, of, I was Googling, yeah. like, trying to refresh my memory what other types of religious movies are. They're usually are out there too blatant, yeah. Or, like, they, they hammer in the, the God message too much. Well, they're usually made for different reasons, right? Yeah, they're not yeah. usually this made movie's yeah. far more explore, open ended. Yeah. Yeah. these concepts i mean this is written by paul schrader as well like yeah. you know taxi driver and yeah like you mentioned mm-hmm. it's a little more um it, it's it, it's challenging in that way mm-hmm. but it's it's good to be challenged yeah it's not like a bad thing <laughs> i guess that about wraps it up we should move on to the passion um oh, yeah. last temptation yeah. of christ well, very goofy uh silly film but also very effective uh-huh. at what it tries to do so I love it despite its flaws. Seven out of ten from me. I will definitely see it again. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> it's. It, I, I think it Martin stands Scorsese. out a, a, yeah. a bit in a, in Martin Scorsese's catalog. It feels different. Yeah. I don't know it's if so, I would know unique. it's a Martin yeah. Scorsese film. All these movies are good though. Information yeah. Before it. Hand. Yeah, I don't know either. It's so stylized. Like I just love so much of like the visuals of the movie. Like that really mm, his like, energy that he brings. Yeah. yeah, it was a very visually interesting movie. And yeah, I love the shots he chose and the lighting and yeah, like the minimalist approach actually worked for it just fine. And and yeah, reading about that production, yeah, like how grueling it was. And it's a, I would give it an eight out of ten. That would be my rating for it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'd give it an eight out of ten. I was I was surprised mm-hmm. by how much I was I got out of this because uh, same. I, I I don't really have any background in. I wasn't really raised religious in any way. And my parents kind of cut that off that they're like catholic upbringing or whatever so it is interesting getting all our different perspectives from that end but yeah despite that length despite you know already know it thinking you know the story thinking you know oh what is there to really explore here well actually there's a there's a shit ton to explore there's a lot of thought-provoking stuff that is played around within the movie and yeah it just stays entertaining throughout the entire running time which is quite an achievement and yeah that, that that low budget the experimental style i really enjoyed my my time with it yeah um, so i guess i guess it's time huh for the the other one the passion, the passion. is what people call it <laughs> oh is that what it's shortened to is it's that the short apparently a lot of people call it the passion <laughs> the passion yeah Okay, <laughs> which well, is uh, great. Fast forward, yeah, a couple decades. Get to two thousand and four. Mel Gibson makes The Passion of the Christ, a uh, two-hour-long movie about the last ten hours or so, twelve hours of uh, Jesus. So it's it's just the last bit. It's kind of like Southland Tales. It starts like at the end or like randomly like towards the end. <laughs> It is yeah, like Southland Tales. You mentioned Southland Tales. What did you think, think of it, um, I, I, Nah, this one's a big no for me. Um, I, I, I was just qu- questioning the entire time, like, what am I supposed to really get out of this uh, beyond... Yeah, it's excruciating, and that's the point, and it's about that final sacrifice and really, like, hammering home that idea, but... In a vacuum, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier, Adam, where it feels like you, you've kind of already got to be attached to the story in some way. And, you know, like Jesus in the in this, he's like inherently sympathetic just because he's like pure innocence yeah. is being tortured. Like, there, it doesn't really earn anything for the character within the context of the film. You already have to have no. like, you have to have an attachment. Yeah, yeah. 
It stays yeah, kind of one note. On the audience's knowledge, which is, I guess, fair because I guess who hasn't heard of Jesus, right? I guess it's making that assumption. Some really strange creative decisions um, in yeah. regards to kind of like <laughs> trying to show off um, the more, the less literal side of things. If they're trying to show like kind of demonic imagery, it's much clearer in uh, the last temptation like where that line is like when the when they want you to interpret something when you they trust the audience to (laughs) interpret something as being non-literal it's a bit more like oh that that reads more like a (laughs) horror movie or like you're you're doing using like kind of bad horror movie like tricks and techniques and like weird like in the torture scene with the cg instruments i know there's like some background reasoning as to why they started using like cg effects for the gore and whatnot but it, i mean it doesn't look great the end result um by the end it's it's arduous and i just did not have a good time because <laughs> uh, it, uh... it, it has one of those reputations it's one of those movies where that's all i'd ever heard about it was that it's just like two hours of torture and i think it is like 15 20 minutes you know before uh jesus is captured you could probably like do a fan edit where you have like tobin bell voicing over top <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the whole point is to be you put the saw theme over yeah it is it is amusing because like as a person that uh i had seen this movie before when i was younger and i found it kind of amusing that like this was it is one of uh, many exceptions that uh, religious people make in terms of like uh, the type type of content they find to be appropriate for children. This was a movie that a lot of Christians right. showed their kids, and I, I mean, you could make the same argument for the Bible. You know, a lot of the books that Christians try to ban are not as explicit as the Bible, right? So, mm. um, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of fucked up shit in there if you haven't read it. Just as good as say. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ezekiel twenty three twenty. A very interesting Bible verse. Yeah, it's uh this is the type of movie where I'm like, you'd have to be insane to 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 decide to do this conceptually. <laughs> I'm like, what is the point of this? Like Mel Gibson, like what Yes. I want to make a Jesus torture porn film. <laughs> and it's crazy that it worked <laughs> and that it like it somehow fed into the target demographic because of what it was so well and that's so bizarre to me because like on on any other day conservative christian america would not be willing to watch a gore film or a subtitled film but mel gibson got them to watch both in one movie and it was <laughs> overwhelmingly so interesting successful. about it and he didn't even want the subtitles originally he didn't that's even what's want so interesting about the film though like that it has all those elements and yet yeah, that it was such a mainstream success despite that it's just like a torture film and it's like foreign yeah it's fucking crazy yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's the only subtitle know, film yeah. that some of these people i feel like watch. i've just heard so much about this movie before even seeing it and like mm-hmm. I would just watch it for those. the first time. Yeah, it's one of those, right? Like this movie, it just has such a reputation before even seeing it for me that I found it distracting. You know, mm-hmm. like the movie's directed by Mel Brooks. Yeah, that that would be a very different movie. Um, <laughs> like History of the World. Um, yeah, yeah, Mel Gibson, like Young Frankenchrist. I don't really give a shit about him. Like, it doesn't affect the quality of his films or his directing talent or whatever. Like, he directed Hacksaw Ridge, 
Hacksaw Ridge is good. I like that movie. Andrew Garfield, Hugo Weaving. Like, I like that movie just fine. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But this is, yeah, I, I have nothing against like Mel Gibson or whatever. It's just the movies, like, it's just, yeah, violent with nothing no under it. Like, there's no substance. There's nothing going on in this movie. And the violence doesn't seasons. even show up until like 45 minutes through. The first 45 minutes long, are yeah. like so boring. So yeah, boring. it's all about like Judas betraying him, and you know it was interesting watching both of these, Alex. Like you can yeah. see which parts of the movie were, or of which parts of the Bible were adapted, like literally. Like there's certain things mm-hmm. that were taken, like yeah, the same that are beats. in both films. So you're like, oh, that must be taken from you know both from the Bible, obviously, because yeah, it's yeah. in both movies, right? Like I was thinking, um, like when Judas betrays them and the guy gets his ear cut off and Jesus puts it back, like that's in both films. The oh yeah, exact so same gory thing, in this right? one. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's a, literally like that must be like a direct adaptation because you know it's in both and there's there's like a lot of moments like that. But you know, in Scorsese's movie, it isn't so hollow. Like it doesn't have anything going on outside like the violence in this movie. Like I don't mind blood or whatever. It's just there's nothing going on with the torture. Uh, I don't. I thought it was like well done technically i guess in some parts but like <laughs> it was kind of like just nothing going on yeah it, it, it's just like torture porn <laughs> it, it felt like the movie was just trying to like rub your nose in it like look what he sacrificed for you yeah that's what yeah. i was thinking was like, like, look what he film. did for you yeah. Yeah. look, look at how he tortured it. himself for you yeah, like, look for at jesus it. yeah and that's supposed yeah, to like quite manipulative. yeah uh-huh <laughs> wasn't like, really that's supposed to make you it, it was. It wasn't really a movie where you empathize <laughs> with like ideas or anything. Yeah, it's, I, it's just, a brutal story. Yeah, it's like it's scare just, people. Scorsese into explored it. it much better. Like Scorsese's, the whole movie isn't the the torture. <laughs> it's like yeah. the ending. You it know, has impact because you have all of that the torture of the, Christ. the development and yeah, right. It's not, like it's the so betrayal actually means something it. in that one. And, mm-hmm. and here it's just like it happens right at the beginning because they're like, oh, that stuff's boring. You don't want to see that. You want to get to the, the part yeah. where Jesus is, you know, you also get like a whipped. range of different emotions, <laughs> a range of different <laughs> ideas. Like, it's like, brutal. Sh- like the structure, it, they do have flashbacks. That's the only thing that really breaks up the torture is the old kind of flashback. But to be honest, barely like minutes long before they go straight back to the torture. There's so the many torture flashbacks. is at the top of the hierarchy. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's like a Saw film. It's a bunch of flashbacks. <laughs> a well, bunch yeah, of torture. It, but... <laughs> I wonder how Jim Caviezel's, or however you say his name, how his audition tape went. Gael and I were thinking about that. Like, did he just show up and was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Mel Gibson's like, you're hired. Yeah, that's I what was... he did the entire movie. <laughs> just had his face I was reading, like, apparently, <laughs> um, apparently he was warned. Like by his agent or whatever, or by uh, Mel Gibson, that he's he wouldn't he'd struggle to get jobs afterwards because of taking the role in this movie because of the controversy of it and just everything surrounding it and yeah it's, it's proven to be the case i think ever since playing jesus he's he struggled i think the last time i heard of huge him before that point though no but it's it's funny how like it, it, it he kind of talks about it as if it was like his you know his, his holy kind of oath his he was chosen to play christ oh, wow. in the Passion of the christ so yeah he did it out of yeah, his the, the last I read about him um, was this weird uh, independent article where he was like, he was doing this speech from Braveheart to like this QAnon like conference oh, or something. Oh, interesting. 
I yeah, haven't really been keeping uh, up with him. Jesus. Yeah, I'd recommend looking that up. It's oh, pretty funny. Boy. Okay. Um, oh, boy. So it, what, what's interesting is on both his and Mel Gibson's IMDb, <laughs> there's like a sequel listed. I don't know if this is real. Wait, really? Uh, we'll have to... We'll have, I mean, we'll have to fact check this, but it's called... The Passion of the Christ Resurrection as the subtitle. <laughs> uh, a sequel to The Passion <laughs> of the Christ Matrix focuses movie. on events that occurred three days between the crucifixion and resurrection when Jesus Christ descended to Abraham's bosom to preach and resurrect Old Testament saints. Is that, I mean, it's listed? I don't know if, I'll have to look it up. Let's look it up right now. The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. So they have the resurrection in there, though, don't they? That's how it ends on like the happy note. Because they can yeah. have all the torture but still have a... Don't worry, it's okay because well, he comes yeah, after back. After three days, he rises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they show that. Yeah, like it had to end on that note. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was pretty corny too. Like another corny note. It's a it's a thing that apparently is happening, and Jim Caviezel says it will be the biggest film in world history. Is the quote, <laughs> which is great. This is okay. I'm Wait, excited. So when I'm was hyped. this? When was this like addressed? So this, this that, that quote is an article on MovieWeb.com from September twenty second, twenty twenty. There's oh cool. So COVID might have delayed it. But... Uh yeah. There, I mean yeah. It seems like it might happen. You, like you never know. Things will get canceled. But like it's looking like there's some recent news about like it's not canceled sort of thing. It's like a thing that might happen. <laughs> it's, it's just banking on the torture aspect though. So I don't even know what they do. Uh, yeah, this movie's just torture. Yeah, what would they do? Flashbacks to the torture. Roger Ebert gave four <laughs> stars to Last Temptation. He also gave four stars to this. And when reading his uh, review, oh yeah. he was actually, he, he talked a lot about kind of like, okay, well, what is the intention of the film? He said that this film is not, nece- he's, it's not really trying to be like a deeper exploration of like themes and like humanization and blah, 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 blah. He's just saying like, yeah, we're, this is, if it's trying to be just this uh, hey, torturous sort of thing on this one event, he said it was the most violent film he'd ever seen. And that kind of got me to think about like, yeah, for its time, like a major R-rated film, like this would have been NC-17 if it wasn't religious, let's be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a major film like that to show up in theaters and do this, like this would have been really shocking for the time. Yeah. So I can understand that aspect of it is like, okay, well, I'm seeing something that's a bit different. However, I'm still hung up on like the first 45 minutes because it does get better when the torture happens because it's like, oh, okay, this is at least kind of funny. You know, <laughs> like it's like a Saw <laughs> movie, you know, like it's, there's there's some entertaining elements yeah, there, like but so I can't weird. forget about the first 45 minutes where yeah, nothing that happens. That stuff is really dull. I'm yeah. sorry, right? Uh, you also, get you might devil imagery. The oh, devil yeah. imagery kept kept popping up. It was very so, effeminate like, man. That was pretty Those bad. Are scary. And like, what was the thing with him like holding the devil baby or her? That's like was, um, the babies are supposed <laughs> to be like demons, which are supposed to be like like manifestation <laughs> of guilt or something. You're like, what the fuck was that? Okay, that yeah. was so yeah. dumb. Yeah, like, I can understand that making sense on paper or whatever you're like trying to. It was weird. Convert these kind of abstract <laughs> ideas, but yeah, yeah in so execution is a bit like translate Ooh. it. Yeah, and like the slow mo as well, and like apparently they shot like a bunch of the film at like a higher frame rate than 24 to try and yeah. give it this like ethereal, like yeah. slow mo effect. But it was yeah. a very, very uh, snack- cinematography. It was super, yeah, stylized. <laughs> I guess cinematography, like. uh the the look of the movie had a very certain kind of color to it. The way they mm-hmm. created it, it was very tinted orange, especially in the flashbacks. It was like really orange. 
Yeah, yeah this was nominated know. for three Oscars, one of them being cinematography, of course, yeah. the other one being makeup, and the other one being score. I guess makeup, it's not the worst fucking movie I've seen. I get it for yeah. makeup. Yeah, I get makeup. Score was kind of bland. I loved the score in the end credits. That was the best part of the score. I was like, fuck, okay, this great, great music at the end credits. The rest of it was like super fucking bland and just what you'd expect, like, you know, copy paste. And then the cinematography, I'm like, I. <laughs> It was a lot of close shots. Like every single time that they're in a location, yeah. I have no yeah. grasp of what the location is like. Too many. And I wasn't, it's not like a safety film or anything. Like I don't think that it was mm-hmm. like some sort of like intentional claustrophobia. You know, we got a couple of wide shots near the end. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about this, but like, fuck, I never got a sense for like the location, whether it was outside or inside. I mean, I knew if it was outside or inside, but I never got. I'm like, what the hell? What room are they in? Like, it, it could never feel anything. It was just a lot <laughs> it of the like same shot film. over and over. <laughs> the uh, way it was <laughs> shot. It seemed like yeah. they were going for a sense of like realism with the way those those scenes were shot. Like they were trying to like make it seem really grounded. And I've, uh, I, I guess it's a more like yeah, historically accurate movie in certain ways. Yeah, I've seen like, people uh, but compliment I the lighting. Temptation's better. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. And I mean, like, for the most part, it was fine i wasn't a big fan of the whole like blue filter lighting in the night scenes though i didn't see it in mm. a theater i just watched it on my tv so yeah i don't know i, I got a good tv though i didn't think the film it didn't look terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> it didn't it really fine. stand out it's to just me. like it's, like it's a, just a not that engaging it's like, weird yeah. that it's yeah. oscar nominated <laughs> in terms of in terms of visually it just didn't really stand out to me yeah it's just, it was a lot of close-ups yeah i'm like just the goal way too many close shots. Just close-ups on face face-ups yeah uh, uh, face shots i mean <laughs> Yeah, close-ups. <laughs> Guess um, who loved this movie? I don't know. Oh. Ooh. Christians? <laughs> the Pope? Yeah, Christians. Armand White. Jesus. Armand White loved this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> he has a oh. review titled, I Heart the Passion. Um, I'm going to read a little snippet from this. As <laughs> for the Passion of the Christ, having spent the year outnumbered, because it means no mainstream publication will hire a Christian movie critic... And I'm not talking about me. I have found the discussion too oppressively lopsided, if not totalitarian. I can only discuss <laughs> this movie on home turf. And that enrages me because I have not read a single mainstream review that sought to appreciate Gibson's basic powerful imagery on his own terms. Does atheism rule? Does blindness rule criticism? To have this movie reviewed only by non-believers and half-thinkers is tantamount to fascism. Quote, Armand Whoa. White. He loves this loaded language, doesn't he? Yeah, and he barely Jesus. talks about the movie. Just at the end, he's like, oh, I, li- <laughs> <laughs> I, liked, I liked the cinematography and lighting. You had to throw in fascism in I, there. It's yeah. kind of yeah. weird. It's a, fascism. It's a crazy thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fuck, I mean, okay. fucking insane thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah, it's just critic. it just well, seems like a, a bizarre place to even start the story. It's like t- to me, <laughs> something like Mother. You know that that's like a interesting cinematic way to explore like religious themes, but you're you're doing it in a way that isn't just like a one to one. Yeah. Like. 12 hours of torture i feel like there's just inherently less to say less going on it's it's not enough it's two hours like in that in the two hours of runtime like where where can you like pinpoint specific scenes and whatnot after that first like 40 minutes once it begins like what 
what even distinguishes one torture yeah. scene from the next apart from like, the escalation and, and you and you already know what like happens obviously like you know the story there's no, it's not like mm-hmm. there's a question mark like yeah. spoiler warning <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah it gets better as it goes along and this is like one of those examples i think that there's a lot of films where they have a strong ending and that influences people's perception of the entire film i think people have very short-term uh, memory problems <laughs> and they don't remember that yeah. the first however many minutes of the movie also was in the movie yeah a strong ending can like really make or break a, so did you like a, the ending here with the the teardrop and the earthquake i mean it, i think i thought the music near the end was like so good that like it actually helped the experience a lot we mm. got some wide shots near the end too that was crazy um <laughs> just i was like <laughs> if the whole movie was like the ending then i you know it wouldn't be as bad for me. it still wouldn't be great it still wouldn't offer as much substantively for me as the last temptation but like i for my experience i experienced like a major improvement in terms of what i was watching i guess yeah that's the thing i it's, i didn't particularly find it boring not even it's like as excruciating as you found it for that first part. Maybe, maybe the first ten minutes after that, like uh, they're like punching him, they're attacking him. It's just like it's just watching a guy get like beaten up for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, if it's... I made a movie where Jesus was getting beat up, people would be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but where does the controversy lean more for this one? Then I guess the the violence. It's the unfiltering <laughs> violence yeah also like what what do you know about the controversy like it's it's controversial but i don't think it was from what i understand about this movie like you know like uh, christians liked this one a lot more than they liked the last temptation because they're you know jesus didn't think about sex or something mm-hmm. so this one fun. made a lot more money than last temptation yeah that's for sure yeah definitely mm-hmm. this was a hit it was a huge film very um has a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes Passion of the Christ. So yeah, I'd say it's very mixed in terms of the critical reception. Yeah. It was a big movie. More so than Last Temptation. Last Temptation is very well received from critics. Mhm. Well, but I think yeah, maybe it, more people have seen Passion of the Christ, maybe that's why. <laughs> it has a dedicated like controversies section. It has a high IMDb score, but like so does Batman. Like the the IMDb scores are completely obligatory. I think Love on a Leash has a higher score. <laughs> it is like a Still. perfect representation of like the American brand of not only religion, but like everything where it's just hyper sensationalized, you know, yeah, that's really what it is. You're taking this biblical yeah. story and you're making the people most sensationalized it. version you possibly could. And people fucking love it. Right. Like you got to know who your audience yeah, is. Where it's, all the imagery speaks for itself, yeah. basically. Yeah. You barely even need dialogue. Remember when we were watching like American Cable? It's like that. <laughs> um, There's not a lot to say about it. It's just, yeah. Like you said, yeah. it's a guy getting fucking tortured. <laughs> yeah. Some of the torture scenes were well done, I thought. Yeah. Some of the effects were well done, for sure. Yeah. yeah. There was like a nice, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes um, it blended really well with the makeup. Where between like visual effect and makeup sort of thing, it was like, you know, yeah, it were it worked well for certain things, but um, man, just the cinematography was like notab- notably bad for me, and it got an Oscar nom for it, and I was confused. 
All right, uh, three out of ten. Yeah. It was very boring. It could have been a two, but the ending was a bit better. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> this is a, I guess, four out of ten for me. A two star. Um, it was yeah, weirdly entertaining despite the two hour runtime, but that doesn't make it like a good movie in my eyes. Um, yeah, it's just Jesus being tortured. It's the story you already know, and <laughs> I mean, if that's interesting to you, then that's it's what you get. Yeah, it's just what what it says on the tin and nothing much more. <laughs> I have no idea what to rate this. <laughs> it's just fucking torture. <laughs> oh, Come man. on, assign a number. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Somehow less torture than going overboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I'd rather watch this yeah, than true. going overboard. That's true. true. Me, oh, me yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Any day of the week, yeah. I'd watch this twice before I'd watch I'll that say again. the same oh, as yeah. you, Alex. Let's say a four. Four out of ten. Okay. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. All right, time for questions. questions. Okay, let's do some time. questions from the Sotocast community. Time for us to answer. Always asking questions. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> you can sing this us into the questions. That's fine. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe I will. Leave, leave your own there on the suggestion thread. There'll, there'll be a thread there. It's, it's all good. My invisible erection is going to get started here. Um, oh, it. <laughs> the, the way you phrase that too. <laughs> it's because yeah, I've, my eyes were just like <laughs> they rolled over the word, and I realized I hadn't read the name when I like oh. screenshot this, but so it just caught me off guard. But anyway, <laughs> hey dudes, I'm curious what films, if any, have given you some sort of transcendent spiritual experiences. Love all you guys do. Be well. Edit. Since it's got a little interest, I want to recommend the experimental films of Stan Brakhage. Oh, yeah, that's kind of a different ta- tangent there. Let's go back to the original. How do you spell that last name? Stan who? B-R-A-K-H-A-G-E. Oh, okay. Uh, obvious answer for me is The Holy Mountain. That's a very spiritual experience movie. It's my favorite movie. Yeah. Last Temptation of Christ is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what the fuck? So this guy makes a bunch of short films, whoever is being recommended the comment. Why don't you, whoever wrote that, all of these have like less than 50 ratings on IMDb also. What the fuck? Would you want me to read the rest of what you said there? What? Because it was a little bit, maybe it gives some context as to why he mentioned this. So he says, Stan Brackage has made a wide variety of unique and unparalleled films over his lifetime, many of which are on YouTube and some only a few minutes. View on the biggest TV you own in the dark, open your mind and heart and see if you get something profound from it. Again, much love, Adam, Alex and Ralph. You guys have provided countless hours of joy in my life. Go back on Reddit and tell us if there's like an order where we should start because there's so many of these that uh, I'm down to watch a few of these for sure. Maybe I'll just see the top ones on YouTube. But yeah, Holy Mountain, that's my spiritual go-to, I guess. I think everyone should see the Holy Mountain. Yeah, I'd say Stalker. I'd say there's definitely a lot of spiritual stuff going on there. In terms of how it connected with me anyway. Let's do this one then. From AV Center staff member two. How's it going, fellas? In the past few weeks, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding two shows, Pam and Tommy, the show about Pamela Anderson's sex tape, and Winning Time, Adam McKay's new LA Lakers biopic miniseries. The controversy mainly stems from the fact that the showrunners were given little to no consent for their retellings of the events that transpired. 
with Pamela Anderson and Magic Johnson, mm. respectively both condemning the shows. So my question is, how should these retellings of true stories be handled, and how unethical is it for a studio or showrunner mm. to greenlight someone's story, even if the only supposed reason is that they may uncover facts that may not be flattering to the real people in question? Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. I'm not a big fan of Adam McKay. Yeah. So he he I haven't even heard of this show, but I, I saw the Don't Look Up, which obviously I didn't really enjoy that much. He's getting a lot of attention just because of who's involved and yeah, and, you know, I'm, like, not the I, I'm not a big fan of Anchorman. Really, I mean, it's fine. I really like Big Short. That's basically it. Like that's the only movie I like. I really like from him, basically. And and yeah, the, I, I haven't even heard of this, but as far as like what covering what like anything based on a true story, like Pain and Gains, like another one I think of that. I don't know if there was a controversy around it. There was. I think it was kind of like distasteful. They apparently yeah, like was, yeah. idolized uh, the person in the story that was like the yeah, asshole. Yeah, kind of distasteful. Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't they know. made the people got murdered like it was a comedy. Yeah. I used the word apparently because I didn't look into <laughs> it. All right. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it is something like that. I've seen it. Yeah, there's like a, a scene they kill him. It's supposed to be like kind of funny, like <laughs> where they're like disposing of the body anyway. Like, oh, this really happened. Or yeah, people were mad at like uh, Quentin Tarantino's depiction of uh, Bruce Lee. That's true. Yeah, there's there's definitely like I feel there's a too soon line that can be crossed, but uh, it, it's definitely like I'm not gonna say like Titanic is like too soon or The Last Temptation <laughs> of Christ is too soon. Like, there's just <laughs> you know there's obviously like a certain amount of time where things like pass or it's like okay, fine, but right, like. Like the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson, like the guys, the Daniel Farren's guy. Like I fucking hate his films. Like those films are garbage. <laughs> I still need to watch and, those. like I'm Haunting of Sharon Tate. Yeah, yeah, you know, mm. like Haunting of Sharon Tate. Like it, it depends on what you do as well. Like I think um, Tarantino's film was a bit more tasteful. Like uh, people uh, criticize the Bruce Lee interpretation, but it, you can you can argue that if it's played for laughs or not. But more more so like the the Sharon Tate thing. Um, like it depends on like what you do with it. Like yeah. I feel like Sharon Tate was very tasteful in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not so tasteful in the shitty horror movie uh, that hmm. Daniel Farren's made, The Haunting yeah. of Sharon Tate. Exploitative. You know, it depends. Depends what you do, and also like if it's too soon. We don't need like a COVID movie now or whatever. <laughs> too soon. I, I think I saw. I think I saw like I think the lowest rated movie on Letterbox now is some like kind of COVID movie oh, like, like a fictional oh yeah is it uh, yeah the, the, i have to check oh i think i've watched by that virus 2025. yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's on youtube for free but apparently yeah, i like, can't that's call it I mean. bad because i didn't finish it oh, though, so. you... <laughs> that's one you could just yeah. watch the trailer it's got a 1.1 1. 1. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the yeah. movie <laughs> it really picks up yeah. at the yeah. at the two hour mark <laughs> yeah like it's not, a movie like that like it's not gonna get better right <laughs> like oh wait it gets really yeah, good for i guess to answer this question i don't know if there is like a real answer for this there, there's no solution yeah. to this problem because there's going to be issues with it no matter how you do it like you it can be an issue to consult the people you're making the story about and wait like if they have too much control over it then we get a fucking uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, like it, uh-huh. yes, like exactly what I was thinking. It, 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 That's a bad movie. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you necessarily should have rights to like an interpretation of events just because you were a part of those events, right? Like legally, that's kind of weird. You could always like I don't know if you wanted to like skirt around it, you could just 
you could make a story say it's like based off someone's life but just change the characters names or something if you really wanted or just lie and do a fargo that's what the master yeah, is yeah. The, the master is basically l ron hubbard and yeah. you know all that but you can still explore the same it. ideas in the story and then it, i guess like if you're unwilling to do that then it, i guess it might come into question like what's the purpose of your story is it to explore ideas and themes or is it to capitalize off of like a name recognition yeah is it a puff piece or not yeah because yeah that's like what the, the bohemian rhapsody became yeah that's mm-hmm. what it, that's exactly what it was it was a generic biopic it just like goes yeah. through events in his life i want to recommend that one one day maybe because i feel please, like that's a good no. conversation <laughs> okay fine that's a good conversation <laughs> <to have>. <laughs> please uh, no because it's so fucking bad yeah well, i'm just like there's there, i i categorize movies in my head of i'm done with that and then sometimes <laughs> that's another big um that's another big oscar movie you know that's another one that got like a yeah. lot of oscar buzz when it came out and ronnie malik won best actor best editing yeah with, <laughs> and then people show that clip from it yeah which is very funny that's horribly edited then like mm-hmm. sitting around the table don't look up is nominated for editing right now that was probably better edited than bohemian rhapsody <laughs> it, it had the most editing so therefore it, exactly it, it definitely yes. has the most editing out of any film yeah, i've seen don't look up definitely had the most editing of any movie i'd seen this year that's for sure that is a fact <laughs> is that the question did you, did you answer Alex? yeah i guess i mean yeah I, I, this whole like true story or based on a true story thing to me has never been i've always taken that entire concept with a grain of salt yeah, like of to. course, like Hollywood's going to exaggerate. Like, I it, like it's, when it's, it's a fiction. joke. You... <laughs> like yeah, Fargo. yeah. Like when they say, like Fargo, when they say yeah, it's Fargo, yeah, make it yeah. up. I like that. Yeah, that's like spinning on his head, making it part of the story. Even the most earnest te- retelling of events that you could possibly make are going to be fictional in some way. Like you can't. Yeah. There is no way to accurately represent life. You can only have an interpretation of it. Yeah, and it's a case of like usually the most interesting stories are going to be they're not necessarily going to make whoever's selling the story look good, and if they are, then yeah, it's just going to be some like boring, uninteresting puff piece that is just a Bohemian Rhapsody anyway. So mm-hmm. let's do this one. I'm curious about this from the O show. Is Adam's boycott of the movie The Hurt Locker still going on? Um, no, but I, I really, I do not like uh, Nicholas Chartier. And uh, all of the controversies uh, that okay. once appeared on his Wikipedia page were scrubbed. And you can look at the uh, Wikipedia logs where uh, certain things were removed from. And it was from L.A., which is very hmm, suspicious. All of his uh, all of his really shitty things he's done uh, as a producer just managed to disappear from wow. Wikipedia from somebody in L.A. that changed it. Very suspicious. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, <coughs> exploiting people and... Uh, blackmailing and shaking them down for money with like a bunch of legal threats and yeah i'm I'm not a big fan of that he uh you know tried to what was the what was the other controversy he tried to like do some shady shit where he was uh trying to convince the oscar voters to vote for his film and he wound up being banned from the oscars (laughs) like he 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 wasn't allowed to show up that year because of it and then like ah fuck yeah that's that's my main gripe i've i've um I might buy the 4K when it comes out. As much as I don't want to support one person, I also have to remember, like, movies are made by several people. Just because one person's a piece of shit doesn't mean that, you know, you necessarily have to boycott the entire film. Uh, and when mm. I was doing that, what was that? 2010? 2008. How old was I? 
Well, no, I mean, the movie was 20, 2009, but my video was yeah, like 2010 or something. Yeah. Like, oh, right. I don't know. It was like one of the first videos on my channel or something. Like, I don't even sound the same. I don't look the same. Like, um, yeah, I might buy it on 4K. I like the movie. I just, I really do not like Nicolas Chartier. Fair enough. Yeah, I rewatched it a couple years ago. It's, it still holds up. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. But this one from Ben Dad Killer. What are your thoughts on the Adult Swim show Smiling Friends by Psychic Pebbles and Michael Cusack? Oh, it's awesome. It's very good. It's dope. Yeah, I love everything I've seen. I want to be a cameo voice on the show. But it's <laughs> um they, they, they released the whole show right on, on Adult Swim. Mm -hmm. But like from the UK accessing it is quite annoying. Oh yeah. Like, can you guys just watch it for free just like on on the site? Nothing's free. Oh. But um, I it's on HBO Max right now. Oh, okay, so it's another one of these situations we just miss out because of <laughs> HBO. Yeah, I don't know how you lacking. watch it in the UK. Yeah. Oh, I saw the uh, the pilot or whatever. I, I really liked that. I've always been a big fan of Psychic Pebbles. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was dope. And a lot of uh, internet personality cameo appearances. We had uh, Mike from mm. Red Letter Media. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We had David Firth. Shrimpina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a bunch of we had we had uh, chills saying Burger King foot lettuce. <laughs> I think Oni might have been in there. Yeah, there was a bunch of yeah, the great people in there. Great, yeah. and I have Excellent. friends. I love how successfully the show is doing because I have friends that are not a part of that culture. They don't know that there are cameos in it at all. <laughs> they're not even aware that there was cameos, but they're still oh, well, so loving they're still the show. Connecting. It's like, oh wow, this is like really kind of broken into the mainstream. Like from what I understand, yeah. it's like kind of a hit. Like it's showing up like on the front page of the HBO Max thing, and you know it's got like a good amount of ratings on IMDb. It seems to be like it was greenlit for a second season, so I have to assume it's doing well. But that's, that's awesome. dope. That's, that's awesome. Great. I'm so happy about that. I love watching people transition from YouTube into more, I guess, traditionally known or, or uh, traditionally um, legitimized uh, <laughs> yeah. formats. Yeah, because he's been tinkering and he's had a yes. bunch of shows like Hellbenders and whatnot. I was always fans of. Yeah, but this, yeah, this uh -huh. is really, really connected big time. It's awesome to see. Yeah, this one really works very well. I love the humor. I love the different animation styles. I've never seen yes. the Ralph Bakshi the Lord of the Rings, but anything. I really recognize that reference just because of like how well the style was done to like parody that Frodo character and like the way it moved and the huge nose and everything. Just like that, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I really, really great animation. I loved the stop motion. Yeah. I love the Halloween episode. I love how much of it is like really morbid and like kind of scary. I think that that just adds to like the excitement and absurdity of the show. Uh, yeah, not a bad episode. I'm really excited to see more. At least an eight out of ten. It might be a nine at some point, but yeah, fuck, I love it. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, I gave it eight and eight too on Letterboxd. I think. Which, it's not a miniseries, right? I don't know why it's on there. Well, it'll probably get removed then. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess that's just the short. Yeah, whatever. I have it rated as the show. It's good. Okay. Super Rider 108 underscore MC has one for us. With the recent release of the Batman, yet another cinematic incarnation of the Dark Knight, a question came to mind. Who's a character you each personally don't mind seeing over and over live on through various interpretations without it having to feel tiring every time? Oh, that's a good question. A lot of the superheroes. Yeah, there are certain superheroes that are that depends way. Depends on the Batman, movie and the character. Spider-Man. Yeah. 
It's usually They're better to go characters. with a more like a pulpier character like that, like Spider Man, Batman. You can like explore them in more like an episodic kind of format over like a lot and, like, of everyone movies. knows like the mechanics. Everyone knows that mm-hmm. there's like Aunt May and the, the how the powers work and shit. And yeah, that there's the Joker to the Batman and yeah, everyone kind of knows is and is in on it already. It's kind of like James yeah. Bond too, like just James him Bond's always being around. John Kramer. Yeah, those are the ones that come <laughs> to my mind. Spider Man, Batman, James Bond. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, horror characters work. Jason, Michael Myers. Yeah. Leatherface. I haven't seen the new, the new Texas Chainsaw. Apparently it's very bad. <laughs> Apparently it's oh, really? funny. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm going to have to check it out. I should pro- yeah, I should watch that. <laughs> yeah, maybe tonight I'll watch it. Any more to add, uh, Adam? I don't know. The audience. <laughs> every, every movie breaks the fourth wall now, so... Um. Yeah. yeah, I don't like. I. Yeah, annoying. What's weird? So it's weird answering this question because, like, even though there's characters that I would love to see like continue on, I still have a preference for like the original way that those characters are uh, interpreted. So I, I like John Kramer is like Tobin Bell, you know. Freddy Krueger is Robert England. So mm. I don't know. It, it's difficult. I don't know how many properties i would love being like oh i i'm totally fine with them just changing the character because usually they just don't get it right usually there's always something kind of like weird about it they they seem to do that a lot with superheroes though and it usually works better is that just because like they're in a costume most of the movie like they're in a mask so it's not as like distracting i guess i don't know well i mean if if i really connect with something then i usually don't find the later iterations to work better sure but like how many different actors have played batman at this point right <laughs> michael keaton yeah. val kilmer i'm, George I'm Clooney, not offended Christian by Bale, robert pattinson robert batman Patton. there's like five yeah if we're just gonna break it down to like the character alone and nothing else mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Ben Affleck, batman. well i forgot about him until this episode honestly <laughs> 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 i forgot it was even a thing which is uh yeah it's a uh, statement in of itself because yeah wasn't he was supposed to direct like that solo batman movie like that that space for that movie womp, was, womp. was for Affleck. so yeah i'm sure there's one i'm not thinking of but hmm wilhelm he screams a lot he's in a <laughs> bunch of movies all the different interpretations of scar i know you love those i mean if it, you could you could probably do it fine but they don't and there's like no point <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Irons is still around. You could you could totally use him again, but whatever. How about like Godzilla and King Kong? Those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those just, yeah they're still kind of like not characters. so attached to those characters that it, it jumps out <laughs> as an answer to me. Yeah, attached to King Kong. Come on. Let's say Ethan Hawke and Julie. Uh, what what I forget her name from uh, the Before trilogy. Sure, that's a good. I one. can see him pop up uh-huh. as cameos okay. in other Link later films. You know. <laughs> I like I like seeing like extended universe weird things. It's hard to make multiple movies like that that are just dramas with characters because you know that's more like real life. You're trying to mimic real life, <laughs> you know, uh, like comic book shit. Like, oh, the same thing can happen over and over again. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just the structure, it's just the genre, you know. Or even a horror movie, you know, like every horror movie, the same exact thing happens. <laughs> the slasher movie, mm-hmm. like the the slasher chases the woman. That's every movie. Mm-hmm. In, in the series of, of like Halloween, yeah. Okay, got this one from Plasterman Forty. What director would you be scared to meet IRL because of how unstable they act? Derek Savage. 
Maybe uh, stole my ball one. Punch people. Maybe uh, I met Uva Ball. Yeah, Mel Gibson from a certain Uva era. Oh, At yeah. this point, Shane Carruth. He seems like off his fucking rocker. Seems yeah. like a crazy person. He's he yeah. seems like genuinely unwell. Yeah, that's a shame. Very shame. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually like it, it. It's not like something that a lot of people are keeping up with. But like, if you look on his, um, I haven't really his like Vimeo account. He'll be like just posting these like weird fucking. He'll like play a soundtrack to like some other like dramatic movie, and then like play it over like just footage of like his ex from upstream color who now has a restraining order against him and this like really just fucking like yeah it's like dude this is this is unhinged like you should play like, yeah. probably not do this anymore not, i haven't like, been keeping just, up with it a stop lot. posting about her like mm-hmm. this it's some real fucking elliot roger right, vibes right. going on right now like mm-hmm. i feel sad about it i love his movies uh i'm he's He's just absolutely blacklisted himself now, and I don't blame people for not wanting to work with him because mm-hmm. holy shit! But Jesus, dude, like get some help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fact, that was sad. I'm sad about it. Mm. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up with that much. But the last I heard, he was like harassing his girlfriend or something. That's that's the last I heard. Some something like that. Just very unhinged. Yeah, shit. Mm. that's a shame. Okay, let's do this one from uh, J.C. Murray. Going back to the the religious themes we were talking about earlier. The Last Temptation of Christ is my second favorite film of all time. I mention that because it meant something to me as a Christian and is still powerful and meaningful to me as a former Christian. It is the best example, in my opinion, of the good and valuable things about Christianity and religion. My question is, do any of y'all have any good associations with religion? Is there anything that you took from a faith or belief that you held before or in learning about other religions, adopted a philosophy that rang true to you and how you see the world you're kind of saying the, I've got the complete answer, inverse but... earlier but i'm curious what your answer would be there adam because I, I don't have a background well, so, so there are um there are valuable aspects to religion but in my opinion the more you start to break those things down the more you realize that religion doesn't exactly have like a monopoly on these concepts so mm. some people might argue certain things like morality other people might argue like okay even if you don't like take the bible literally there's still stories to you know there's still valuable stories to take from within that about like morality and life learning lessons etc mm. there's also the community aspect which is like a really big thing uh, like if you're going to church every Sunday, you're surrounded with other people that are a part of your your group, especially, you know, you're singing songs with them, too. Like they've actually done like neurological studies in terms of how bonded people feel with each other when they're singing music with each other. And But if you break it down, like it it can provide like a good sense of structure to people. Mm-hmm. It can pro- provide yeah. a good sense of belonging to people. I just don't think that that necessarily needs to come from religion. And I've heard other people make the argument of like, oh, what? That doesn't ex- exist outside of religion. But it really does. You just you you have to find a community, really. Um, if you have like a community of something that interests you, like the furry community is like a really good example of this. Like you, you can meme on it all you want, but like it does provide a great sense of community and uh, like openness mm-hmm. and, you know, just structure even. You know, so yeah. uh, there, there's a lot of things that you don't necessarily have to get from religion that are good things about religion. So, yeah, I mean, l- perspective wise, I think that that probably was the, my biggest takeaway is just learning 
and thinking about things. But yeah, I, I guess just to finish off this little ramble, um, I find it interesting that a lot of these, uh, almost like every major organized religion has these aspects within them, like those community aspects, those like singing aspects, those like mm-hmm. uh, essentially group meditation, uh, you know, close your eyes and hum or like uh, prayer or whatever. Like they're all different variations of all of these things where if you really think about them, <laughs> you're essentially like putting your brain in like a more susceptible uh state you know like fasting is a big one for a lot of religions it's like oh well you deprive yourself of enough food it changes your state of mind and makes you more open to uh these ideas it makes you more open to like religious experiences if that's what we would like hallucinations or whatever right so i I just find it very interesting like all these different similarities and parallels across religions and it, it makes sense in in terms of like yeah, they would have to have those things. Otherwise, they wouldn't be as popular. They wouldn't still be around today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's interesting and positive aspects, of, but I, I don't think it needs to come from religion. When I when I first stopped believing in God, there was a moment where I was like, I found prayer as a sort of like place of comfort. Mm-hmm. I found myself being like, Oh, like I would have these paranoid thoughts when I was like 13 or something of like, oh, no, there's going to be like a killer that jumps into my house or something. And so I pray to God uh, before I went to sleep thinking, you know, please, please make sure there's no killer that's going to kill me tonight or whatever. And I would get like an immediate sense of comfort from doing that. And it's a very normal neurological response to that sort of thing to believe in a higher power and have like trust and faith or even just the meditation aspect of something like that, or even just saying Mm -hmm. things out loud to yourself. And one of the moments I remember when I stopped believing in that, I I eventually just, I substituted, I did like a, you know, like a test. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pray to my pillow instead. Uh, And I said those exact same things. And what's weird is like, even though I didn't believe that I had a supernatural uh, uh, omnipotent pillow, I still got those exact same feelings of like comfort through just, you know, the saying those things out loud or the meditation the process, aspect yeah. or even just like, yeah, processing that information in a way was providing that exact same, uh, you know, physical and emotional comfort. And I was like, OK, maybe these things don't necessarily need to come from religion. It's just a matter of society being built around it and religion constantly insisting that it needs to exist because of those things that people get confused and people it, it's difficult to uh immediately come up with solutions of how we still provide those things without necessarily religion needing to be involved it's something that people have to like figure out it's a process for sure mm. do you have any uh, positive good associations uh with religion ralph that inform uh, you today do you <laughs> um yeah i do um yeah I, uh the sense of community yeah i feel like that's that's a strong part mm. of religion like you guys were saying like yeah definitely like the cooperative aspect and usually people getting together and i don't know usually charity work it's usually like something i try to do like church or whatever stuff like that that like that's usually good that's a good thing that comes out of religion usually is charity um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. giving to people who don't have food or whatever um thanksgiving you give canned food away uh yeah stuff like that i I think that's a strong part (laughs) i don't get anything spiritually like out of like i'm not a very spiritual person like 
to some mm. degree, I guess everyone is, but yeah, that's very minor <laughs> part of me. <laughs> I'm very practical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't have a lot of like negative attachments with religion really yeah i just don't really believe in a lot of it <laughs> i haven't struggled with it really mm-hmm. anything to add alex to that <laughs> i don't like talking about religion it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> yeah but I, don't, I, don't, I, can't, I can't really give that kind of perspective like adam can we yeah. can kind of speak to the culture more so obviously you know mm-hmm. we're informed by the the, the the religion the culture that came before us so there's obviously a lot mm-hmm. of it in our dna we're all a product of our environments exactly so the, the world we live in is informed by the religions of the past so it's silly to write off the historical significance of it or whatever but as far as it affecting my day-to-day life it never really has um so mm-hmm. my view of the world has, mm-hmm. has never really come from that kind of perspective but definitely yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great one to end, end it on because that sort of wraps things back up. Yeah. Back, that wraps things back up with the whole Jesus episode. So thank you for rec- recommending those two movies because I think that it was a yeah. really interesting thing yeah. to explore. Jesus. I love. I love the whole uh, unintended. Uh, what is it called? Yeah, uh, like, paired films. There's another mm-hmm. word for this. Like a grouping them or a unofficial. Yeah, I've uh, never seen. There's, there's an easy Christ, word for that. So that's it? cool. <laughs> it's like, cool. I finally got to see that. Yeah, and the fact yeah. they're both like controversial, they're both mm-hmm. yeah. There's a fair amount link in them. I probably wouldn't have watched it like otherwise. You know, it's not one mm-hmm. I'm dying to see. Mm-hmm. I don't even yeah. think it was on my watch list. Really, yeah, the it's passion. Interesting. The passion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, a lot of people. <laughs> call it that. crazy. Um. All right. I guess it's uh, time for a movie recommendation. I think it's my turn. I believe yeah, it's we'll my turn. At. Um. Well, so we're recording the next episode early, so I'm not going to do like a trilogy or anything. We're going to do one film. It's uh, two hours and five minutes long, and uh, I, 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 it's a Speed Racer from the oh, Kachowskis. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's a yeah. cool, cool. So, we're yeah. The, I, well, last time it was my turn to recommend something. About halfway through the episode, we mentioned it, and I was like, oh, I should, I should recommend that. And while we were recording uh, the episode... I was searching uh, over like Amazon and eBay and there was no Blu-ray that would show up for me in time. So I ordered it then and now it's here. So I get to do the Blu-ray. Yeah, I so. guess you guys will have to probably download it somewhere, iTunes or something. But yeah, um, it's, it's out yeah what year is this movie? Let's see. It's timeless. I can't even put a year to it. Yeah, 2008. That sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've seen like tiny clips of it. My friend said he watched watched it on mushrooms and had a good time. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> and uh, everybody wants us to talk about it, and it seems like kind of interesting. Oh, it's two hours and fifteen minutes long, not five minutes. Wow. Long. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Thirty-five, not twenty-five. Hype. All right, and I guess we'll. I'll probably watch uh, nice. Turning Red before the next episode. Or yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll see that. I haven't seen Speed Racer since it came out. I saw it when it came out in theaters. Yeah, I've only oh, ever seen Yeah, like, that was my first Wachowski movie, I think. I think even before The oh, Matrix. Wow. Oh, yeah. fun. Maybe I've crazy. seen The Matrix before. I think I saw The Matrix first, but on home video. It's at least my first like theater experience with a Wachowski movie. Damn, cool. Wachowski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matrix came out when I was fucking two years old. So yeah, I didn't see that in the theater. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. It seems... Who knows? I have no idea what to expect. Um... All right, if you don't want to be spoiled for 2008's Speed Racer, directed by the 
Kachowskis. Uh, then watch it before this next episode comes out. They are released publicly every two weeks. Uh, you can listen to them early as they're edited. Going to uh, sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we got merch. Check the links in the description. Why don't you do that, maybe? All right. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, praise yeah. Shrek. Praise Jesus. Praise Shrek. <laughs> My Messiah is Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> False prophet Shrek. <laughs> We need that yeah. movie. <laughs> Passion of the Shrug. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, bye-bye, everybody. Thanks, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>